0: What is up everybody and happy holidays. This is another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the story of the Sabres season thus far has been that they are scoring better than they have pretty much at any point over the past 10 years, but their goaltending has been holding them back. So naturally, once they get the goaltending that they've been so desperately needed, they forget how to score. Of course, I am talking about the Sabres two to nothing loss to the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday night in Buffalo. Buffalo now losing five in a row and is one eight and one in its past 10 games. Not great. Again, the Sabres defensively played a better game. UPL was starting in net for them for his first start of the year, his fifth start of his career. And overall, I thought played very well, held his own. The problem at the end of the day was that the Sabres just could not score. We, of course, know that one of the goals came from a highlight real goal from Trevor zegris which we will be talking about very, very soon. But overall, like I said, I thought UPL stood his ground in there. He played really, really well. I, I mean probably the best performance by a Sabres goalie in a losing effort this season. Uh, For the most part, they've just been getting their teeth kicked in and he otherwise I thought played a really good game. Um, And again, he lets up two goals after the Sabres in what was it their past three games, I believe had let up over 20. So it was
1: exactly 20.
0: Yeah. So this was a nice little welcomed improvement there in that, but clearly it was not enough for the Sabres. What was your takeaways from the game and how did you feel about how UPL played last night?
1: Yeah, UPL played very well, which means I think he has to make the next start. Uh, I, I don't see any way around that because no one has even looked passable and he did. On the other hand, weirdly, uh, Anthony Stolarz, <laughs> we, I, I would be, fi- they, oh no, they get shut up by John Gibson, whatever, because he's been really good this year. They got shut up by that bum, <laughs> who we I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, he's been a backup for quite a few bad teams over the years, so that's annoying. But yeah, so UPL playing pretty well is encouraging. Uh, I liked how he played. I know Anaheim he didn't really have to make any highlight reel saves. Like Anaheim wasn't like pouring it on or whatever. There was not, it was not a, a good or fun game. The offense is on. Both sides uh, were pretty feeble, feeble attacks uh, until the last minute of the game. Like you kind of mentioned there, the only goal scored was a guy failing to do the Michigan play and then just whacking it off the back of the goalie. Not even failing
0: to do it. It was intentional. I mean, he intentionally tried to do an alley-oop. When does it that that has just never happened before? I mean, this was a one in a million so was I, I looked at it as he was trying to do the Michigan play and lost the puck and then just whacked it, but he was so, trying to do that. So what happened was he went to pick it up and Milano was yelling to him, Michigan, Michigan, to do it. But he had, he had him in front and Miller was coming from around the net. And so he intentionally threw it up like that. And that's why you could see he almost did it like a fadeaway where he puts it up and he starts to move away because he knows – Miller's coming. So he tries to kind of skirt back towards the boards to avoid him making contact. Miller ends up chipping him a little bit on the way, but it didn't matter because he had the puck off of the stick. So no, it was intentional. He tried to alley-oop it to him and successfully did. The, the fact of the matter is, though, is that if that happens in the playoffs, that's not a goal. It was not a goal. His crossbar or his stick makes contact with the puck above the crossbar. Clearly, it was as clear as day. I tweeted from our account, that's not a goal. Like, as soon as it happened, it was amazing. And Zegris is amazing. But I knew right away it wasn't a goal. And upon looking at the replay, it wasn't a goal. But the fact of the matter is, is that it was cool looking, and there was no chance in hell that the league was going to overturn something like that when of course, as I'm sure they had predicted and why they didn't overturn it, it ends up being the highlight, not even across the NHL, but across all of sports last night. It was yeah. everywhere. Sports Center, Bleacher Report, like everybody is talking about it. Even to this morning, they are. So it, it was it was inevitable that it was incorrectly going to be called a goal, but I will go to my grave believing that Sonny Milano made contact with that puck above the crossbar. What did you think?
1: Well, yeah, I guess for starters, I thought that Milano kind of came in when he saw that the, the puck was just in the air. I didn't realize that he uh, kind of called a play there. That's pretty, I mean, that's interesting, but yeah, I, I watching it live, it, you know, like a lot of goals, like you don't, sometimes things move so fast, you can't even see what's happening which I guess is exactly what happened to the Sabres defense and Rasmus Asplund on that play, but it's, it's wildly creative. I mean, obviously the Michigan plays become much more popular. I don't know if, if anyone who hasn't seen it and isn't familiar with that, that's basically when uh, you're alone down behind the opposing net as a forward and you kind of uh, turn your stick towards the ice to pick up the puck and then put it in like a cross goal. But anyway, it did look like, like Brennan said, it came in a little bit over the net like Milano made contact a little bit over the net but it was really cool and uh yeah wow a whole new whole new way of looking at it knowing that uh I guess I guess I missed something there but that's that's interesting so I'll say this though about the game did it look to you like the Sabres played more defensive than they had most of the year like they were protecting UPL to make sure he didn't get embarrassed with another like five six seven goal game did it look to you like they played more defensive or do you think the offense just kind of sucked?
0: I think it could have been a bit of both. I mean, I think knowing Granado and just I mean his perspective of it, you know, the, the Sabers have been getting their teeth kicked in as of late as we had said, no secret and the goalies have been bad. UPL's up for his first start of the season. You know, it it did feel like it just in watching the game that maybe he wasn't have, letting them loose, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, and just letting them roll with it and, and playing that, you know, up-tempo, trying to, you know, drive the puck into the offensive zone kind of game. And it felt like he was more so a little bit trying to have the guys batten down the hatches a little bit to, to protect UPL. To be honest, while, you know, that's not conducive for, like, long-term success in the league, um, and I think Granado knows that, I don't hate that that was the approach that they took with UPL because again, the last thing that you wanted was him coming up and getting his teeth kicked in for five goals. So I, I didn't have necessarily any opposition to it. Um, you know, I felt like in the third period though, I will say like they turned on, you know, stole ours again, like you had said before. I mean, it was insane that he ended up coming away with a shutout because it did feel that way for the start of the game. But I do think in the third period though, Granato maybe took the reins off a little bit and let them play and also I think it just has to do with the fact of them being down and being motivated to come back after that um so you know I I would say to an extent probably in the in the first part of the game a bit more but in the third period I think that it was like I said it, it, it they were back to his normal style of play that he tries to get them to play because of the fact that they had to score and they just weren't scoring what was your takeaway
1: Takeaways: if you get 25, 24 shots on Anthony Stolarz, I guess you probably should score a goal. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, you know, sometimes in, by sometimes I mean like seemingly a quarter of the games throughout the last decade, you just look bad and the game's kind of boring. And uh, I think we'll count that as one of those. Agreed. I wasn't, I wasn't super impressed with Anaheim or new MVP front runner, Troy Terry. Yeah. Honestly. It just yeah. that was just a bad game. That was one of the worst games to watch of the year, and luckily, not that many people paid to watch it because it, it looked to be about 5,000 people in the stands. Tuesday night, not a big draw. A lot of people are sad about the night before what happened in the Buffalo sports world the night before.
0: I don't know anything about that,
1: yeah, me neither. So, so yeah, that's that's one I, I would like to leave behind, but unfortunately, there's one more thing to talk about from it.
0: Well, I was just going to quickly bring up to uh, another day, another game where the Sabres go over 3 on the power play. Just it, abysmal. It barely looked like they were on the power play. Just abysmal. It, I mean, it's, it's, it is it's insane. And I get it. You know, it, they don't have Sam Reinhart. They don't have Jack Eichel. They don't have uh, – <laughs> I can't even say, I was going to be like, they don't have rest, Mr. Salina. I couldn't even say it seriously. Um, But not having those guys, I mean, obviously there's going to be a drop-off there, but like, my God, they cannot buy a goal on the power play. It is just so, so bad. Just wanted to at least put that out there as something that we have to continue to bring up and monitor as the season goes along. But unfortunately, we do have one very seemingly bad thing that came also from last night that Taylor, you were just alluding to. Casey Middlesad had to leave the game early. Uh, at the time, it wasn't exactly, they weren't exactly sure, even at this point right now, as we're recording this, you know, at five o'clock on Wednesday, we don't fully know, but it does not look good. Uh, Don Granado this morning had said that they think that it could potentially be a long-term injury and that he re-injured what had kept him out for 20 games earlier this season. Um, so we just don't know yet. He's going through tests today. So we may have a better idea of this, you know, tomorrow or by the end of the week, but man, oh man, is this disappointing. You know, I, I think that the thing that is just so unfortunate about it is especially that it's a guy like Middlestat where he's getting first line center minutes. Not that he is expected to be producing at the rate of a first line center or anything like that. But it, it's the fact that he was going to be getting these prime minutes this season with no expectation when it came to wins or losses it came down to strictly what his personal performance was and even more than I guess like his on ice performance from a day-to-day standpoint it's about the growth that we were going to be seeing in him hopefully over the course of this season and he's getting robbed of that because while I do think that next year is going to be more of the same in terms of this coming off season, I don't think that the Sabres are going to be making any monumental moves that's going to move them to being on in playoff contention. Um, You know, this year is a surefire bet that there was going to be no pressure with when it comes to, to wins and losses. And the fact that the guy that probably more than anyone else, I would say, took the biggest strides last season is now having his prime opportunity to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and that he is ready to take a next step into being a legitimate, you know, whether you want to say second or third line NHL player. I mean, it just sucks. It, it sucks for the guy. He Casey seems like, you know, a, a good person, like a good kid. He, it, It's just so unfortunate, you know. We know he's never going to live up to the draft pedigree. He's never going to be, you know, the equivalent of, of what you'd want out of a, a guy who was a top 10 pick. But it... We, we really started to see those signs last year that maybe this guy was taking a step and now we're just stuck here, you know, kind of playing the waiting game until we know what the extent of his injury is. And if he's out for the year, not that that has been suggested or is a possibility, we don't honestly know, but, but I, I mean, if this is, if this is another long-term thing where, you know, he's only going to end up getting like less than 20 games played this season. I mean, it's just a monumental loss for this team. What, what's your take? Yeah, it's a huge loss. The fact that it already they're already indicating that he'll
1: be out for a while means that he's probably going to be out until 2027. But seriously, it's kind of nice to like know up front that a guy is hurt not that he's day-to-day or whatever. So I'm obviously very disappointed for pretty much all the reasons you laid out. This is a year where we could have learned a lot about him. It wasn't just the last 20 games of a lost season where he had a nice shooting percentage like last year. Like maybe he could actually look like a a real NHLer for a full season. He's going to, he's going to miss out on all that. And then it's hard to know where you stand with him going into 22, 23, basically, regardless of how, not regardless of how soon he returns, but if he's really out for six weeks or more, I mean, six weeks from now is almost, you're you're looking at the Olympic break. Basically.
0: So if there is one. (laughs) Oh God, I know that's a whole other beast that we're going to have to tackle at some point yeah
1: well speaking of uh beasts to tackle brendan did you know that it's nfl season
0: No, again i never, i've never heard of this I, what did you what did you call it the the it might be pronounced the knuckle? The yeah the knuckle? I, yeah i don't i don't actually know anything about that oh boy this this intro is painful <laughs> football fans i <laughs> I'm sure we all
1: love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. Oh, Boy, do I. Uh. Both the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner with even a single point scored. <laughs> New customers who bet just $1 be on any team to score. <laughs> New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. So let's say even if you go to a game and it's, there's only 24 total points scored and it's 14 to 10, you would still win in that situation. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, that's the Hockey Podcast Network, Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well... Sabres are going to be back uh, back in action Friday against the New York Rangers who are uh, doing very well so far. Yeah. They have some of the best goaltending in the league in uh, Igor Shosturkin, although really just refuse to respect uh, a guy
0: named Igor. Who's not Igor Larianov. Yep. They also have the most untouchable prospects in the league as well. They do. Yeah. Weirdly,
1: none of those guys are the guys that actually score for them, but that's probably just a coincidence.
0: Did you know that uh, they have an undrafted prospect in the system um, who was signed in, in 20, uh, 2011, who is just an untouchable piece right now? He's he's 31 years old, but they just would not trade him for Jack Eichel. It's really crazy. What? Would you want to hear something also crazy? What's that? So
1: the – the Rangers are 13-3-2 when Shusterkin starts because he, he's a nine thirty seven save percentage. He's really uh, riding toward the potential of ha- uh, being a Vesna winner this year ahead of time, the way Fox was a, a Norris winner ahead of time last year. When the Georgiev starts, they're 4-1-1, one, one. so still good, huh. but he's an eight eighty two. Strange. That seems off. A little bit. He's basically... Basically, winning the, at the same rate, even though they're giving up almost a goal and a half a
0: game more when Georgia have plays. What did you say? Uh, Shostakins is record. No, not his record. What are what are his like baseline stats? Nine thirty-seven save percentage. God damn. And Shesterkins under nine hundred. Eight eighty-two. He's eighty. Lord. He's fifty-five points ahead of him. But they basically
1: have the same record. You know, if you extrapolate. Georgio's record out, which also I guess I would say a small sample size. They probably just score a lot in his starts, but you know this is a, another weird thing. I'm looking at their leaders, their scoring leaders are Tommy Panera and Chris Kreider and Adam Fox. Well, it can't be right that those are their scoring. I was told they had um, 14 uh, untouchable guys under the age of 22. Why aren't any of those guys their scoring leaders?
0: Yeah, man, I was I was under the impression that Capo Caco was playing at a 250 point pace this season, so. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, that seems bizarre. It's reasonable. Why why is he on uh,
1: pace for like 20 points again?
0: That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get that. Mm. Really, really really weird. Interesting. Anyways. So the Sabres,
1: oh boy. Sabres have a back-to-back, which means someone besides UPL has to play one of those games. God. (sighs) Do we think Dustin Tokarski could be back by Saturday?
0: Honestly, that's a good question, Taylor. I'm I'm not entirely sure on that. Or Suban. Um, Suban, he skated on his own at today's practice, uh, today of course being Wednesday and he's going to be skating again tomorrow. So we'll see. I mean, that'd be great if he was able to be back, even though I don't think that he has any kind of long-term future with the organization or the team. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's honestly with the team beyond this season, but I still want to see more of him. I mean, He's better than Dell CEO, Michael Dell.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so the Sabres are playing the Capitals at home on Saturday. Tough. The Capitals are actually, uh, I think, ahead of the Rangers. So those are the the two best teams in the Metro right now. So that's, that's quite a weekend.
0: I thought uh, thought Carolina was in the top spot.
1: Oh, wait. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Hold on. Man, the Metro is wild. So are they three, the Rangers?
0: I think,
1: right? Well, I'm looking now. I haven't looked. Oh, no, Carolina's three.
0: Really? Capitals
1: are one, but they've played the most games. How many
0: points? What's the point breakdown between the three of them?
1: 38 Capitals, 37 Rangers, 35 Hurricanes.
0: Oh, okay. So this is probably, that's pretty, I was going to, I have was just about to say, I haven't really checked since the weekend at all. So that would make sense.
1: And then we have the Pittsburgh Penguins in the fourth spot. You want to uh, just a quick trip around the league? Cause I don't want to talk about what's going to happen this weekend anymore. But folks, hopefully Subahan or Tokarski are ready. They, neither of those guys are good, but I don't want to see uh, our friend Dell again. No. Or of a Toshiba guy. No. So uh, if the playoffs started today, hmm, though this is an interesting question because this, this hardly feels fair now. The Bruins have played 21 games. That, mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. They didn't even have a shutdown. They have 25 points in 21 games. Detroit has 29 and 26. So we give the Bruins Detroit spot, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we'll say the Bruins are basically ahead of Detroit, um, unless they really screw up.
0: So And they might be getting Tuca back at some point, too. We'll see if that actually happens or not. But That kind of complicates things, though, doesn't it? They'd have some decisions to make. What do you think of Tuca as the e-bug? (sighs) Ugh. I mean, yeah, I saw that. I don't, I don't well, really know what to think of it. I don't know. Here's what I think. I'm pretty sure
1: the home team's e-bug has to play for wh- whichever team is playing that needs a goalie. Right? Yeah. So what if the savers go there? <laughs> like, oh, man, our goalies are hurt. <laughs> Can we get Tuka in here? Like, both <laughs> of their goalies get hurt good idea. over the course of the game. Get Tuca in there, beat the Bruins. I mean, Tuca's going to be rusty, obviously. He hasn't played since whenever they got knocked out. I think May or June, probably early Mm -hmm. June. So, yeah, anyway, so looking at what the playoffs would look like, the Bruins would play the Panthers, who are leading the Atlantic, and then Toronto and Tampa would play. That's fun. Toronto, what a a reward for your nice season that you've had so far. Have fun, Toronto. Tampa Bay. Good luck with that.
0: That sounds great. I actually really am a big fan of this. Yeah. That's that's what, it's going to be inevitable that Toronto is going to have to end up playing Florida or Tampa. So I'm very well, pleased at the thought. Toronto
1: of could win the division, couldn't they? Nah. No? You don't think so?
0: Nah. You know why? Why? You ready for some expert analysis right now? Yeah. Because fuck them. That's why. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right. So then in the
1: Metro, you would have – Washington now this is subject to change obviously because these teams records are so close like I'm talking about the, the teams winning the divisions Washington and Florida both have 38 points and then well, the Boston thing really screws everything up 25 points in 21 games I don't know what to do with that but whatever Pittsburgh is 29 and 25 so I'll say Boston's kind of ahead of them so either way whatever then Washington plays Pittsburgh it's that's a strong possibility and wow. we get the Rangers and the Hurricanes Oh, that sucks.
0: Rangers, hurricanes.
1: Yeah. God pass That's bleak. It looks like the Islanders are going to miss the playoffs by the way. And we're ever... still behind the Sabres.
0: Yeah. I mean, you gotta think they're going to turn it around. Right. I mean, I know that they're dealing with some injury. I know Brock Nelson's still out for a little bit for them. And I think at the time of him being injured, I think he was their leading scorer. Um, I mean, it's got to start clicking for Barzell at some point, too. I think he's been pretty underwhelming this year. So, like, they – I don't know. I, we'll see. They have four games in hand on Pittsburgh for the last playoff spot. Um, but
1: they, they are 12 points behind them.
0: Did you see NHL Rumors Daily said that Lindy's on the hot seat right now? I mean, why fire in midseason? What do you think you were going to be like this year?
1: They got Dougie Hamilton. That's something. I mean, <laughs> they're also not good last year. I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't, I don't see the point. In, they're not, I don't think they're making the playoffs regardless.
0: No. Um, and then no, out the west. has been out for the majority of the year. I mean, he's just getting back now. And Who are you talking about? Jack Hughes. I was just saying. Oh, yeah. He's yeah getting yeah. back from injury now. And, I, I mean, it's not exactly like they're that deep of a team. I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but, like, also, you know, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, Jonathan Bernier tandem isn't exactly a lock to uh, lead you to playoff contention. Again, especially when we're talking about a team who lacks the depth uh, needed like the Devils do. Right. And they looking do have based- some good young pieces, though. They, they do. Yeah. Dawson Mercer has been looking good for them this year. Of course, Hughes. They got Heesher. Holtz is going to be coming soon. Michael McLeod is good. Bottom six guy for them. So, I mean, they have some guys, you know, Jasper Bratt, Brat, um, Pavel Zasha, right. He's still there. Um, so they, they got some guys. Yeah, they're okay. I mean,
1: I think they kind of belong where they are. Yeah. I would agree. Columbus Columbus is obviously, I mean, Philadelphia's collapsing. Columbus is slowing down. I think the Metro might be set with their top four right now. I think the East, you know what I want to I want to say it the East's eight playoff teams are set.
0: What um what play did Columbus in, in the league? In the league? Yeah. Uh hard to
1: say. They're in a very mushy middle. Um hold on, let me look here, but uh, they are in Oh, they're getting close to the bottom. Let's see here.
0: 20th. 20th. Yeah. How close close is like 25th to them? It's pretty close because Boston is
1: going to pass them in all likelihood. Uh, Good chance that LA can pass them and then they'll be right there with New Jersey and Philadelphia in that area.
0: I'm going to make a really random prediction right now that I'm basing on absolutely nothing, but it just popped into my head that Columbus is going to win the draft lottery. Mm. I don't know Why? I don't care for it. Something feels, I I don't either. Trust me, I don't either. But something just feels right about that. I don't know what it is. Remember this, buddy, when I'm inevitably wrong in eight months. All right, so
1: looking at this now, Washington, New York, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Florida, Toronto, Tampa, and Boston. If that's not the eight teams that make the playoffs in the East, who's in? I think that is. (laughs) Right? I'm looking at it now, like Detroit gotten much better playing admirably you'd say but they also have a negative 10 goal differential so like
0: the they seem like they'll be tending, t- though. Ned Ledger yeah uh, yeah Nadal Djokovic, right I always botch this dude's name anybody who I, I'm sorry to all of our listeners because it's like I say it like in my head I, I can tell it to myself and then I open my mouth and it's just gibberish that comes out so
1: it's uh, Apologies right? to the
0: listeners Apologies to Alex Nadelkovich. Nadelkovich, yes So and I, I and literally I, had- I know it And I phrase it in my head and I'm like Nadelkovich, Nadelkovich. and then I start to And it's just Bleh. so.
1: It's done. yeah him, him and Grice are good But like they're not going to make it Sabres Ottawa and Montreal are definitely not going to make it uh, Philadelphia Seemingly is giving up kind of the Islanders are in a pretty deep hole. I mean, they've won six of their 21 games. That's tough. And then you have New Jersey and Columbus. I don't know how much you believe in them to pass Pittsburgh. I, I don't at all. I think Pittsburgh's no. going to get better throughout the year.
0: I would back. I would agree with that. All
1: right. Out west is interesting because right now, Brendan, the if the playoffs started today and you went on points percentage, the Vegas Gold Knights would not make the playoffs, and Colorado would be the eighth seed. If. Well, and then you'd have to do a tiebreaker here. So here's what I'm saying: the first seed overall is Minnesota, that best won't record hold. in the West. That won't hold. Probably not. So you would have in the in the Central you'd have St. Louis and Nashville playing each other, although St. Louis really
0: fallen off. Been heard for, or he's been out for a little bit, I think, with COVID. I even wonder too. I mean, Billy Huso, hasn't looked bad while he's been filling in i part of me wonders if we're going to see more of a time not like a full time share but like is huso going to start to cut into his starts i mean i don't know their numbers are kind of comparable but yeah so they're they're eight eight and four since their five and oh start eight eight wow i know piranha's missed like the last five games for them too um i'm trying to think i feel like they haven't do they have another like big injury right now I don't know. Anyways, though. But yeah, so I'm looking at this. It's
1: it's very interesting. So Minnesota is seven points ahead of St. Louis, but then at St. Louis is 30. Nashville is 29. Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg all have 28. But Dallas and Colorado have 22 games played. Everyone else has 25. So that's kind of a mess. Yeah, And <laughs> Colorado was without... It'll be different percentage. by the time someone's listening to this, I'm sure. True. So Colorado, I assume, will win that, but like, that's just interesting right now. If you just did it, they would have to play like Dallas in a play-in. That's not a real thing the NHL does, but I'm doing it for my bracket because tiebreakers wouldn't be available, you know, at this time. So I guess Dallas or Colorado makes it here. I think in real life, though, this is going to change a little bit. Anyway, and then the other side, Vegas is not in the playoffs right now. And on that side, you would have Calgary playing San Jose, Anaheim playing Edmonton. God damn. So what is going yeah, on so I, the west is not set at all obviously vegas though oh that's another interesting points percentage thing they're definitely ahead of san jose in points percentage 28 points in 24 games versus 29 and 26 so obviously this whole playoff start today thing is always complicated by the fact that they haven't played 82 games so everyone's played a different number of games
0: yeah uh Can so I just, well, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. I was just going to say, as a quick side note, um, one of my preseason predictions is seemingly coming to fruition, speaking of San Jose, because, boy, oh, boy, does it seem like Eric Carlson might be back. 16 points in 20 games. This dude is – he's not like Ottawa Eric Carlson, but, like, he hasn't looked this good since he got to San Jose. Oh, his underlines look very good, too. I just saw someone point that out, that he – his
1: underlying numbers, like last year, they were like some of the worst in the league, like his war and yep. guard and stuff like that. And now he's unexpected goals. but Unprecedented uh, basically
0: turnaround with that. And yeah, maybe he's um, just healthy.
1: Maybe his foot be. is
0: better. They very well could be. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, if that's the case and he is back to hundred percent, we, it certainly makes sense given the results I mean everything is lining up for him he's scoring he's I mean his underlyings he's playing better in his own zone His skating I, I've been able to catch a couple of their games too this year just as a side note also ESPN plus is awesome like having to choose from like eight games a night pretty much is just the best luxury ever. And uh, I'm a big fan of it, but I, because of that, I've gotten to watch a decent amount of San Jose also because I have Eric Carlson on my fantasy team too. And yeah, the dude just looks rejuvenated. Like he looks damn good. And I mean, he's, he's been consistent, you know, it's not even like he's bunching up points where he's like, you know, putting up a four point effort and then going five games or six games without a point, like the guy's being consistent. So yeah, shout out, Eric Carlson, keep it going.
1: Yeah, so I guess my point here is that the West is a lot less settled, but I think we both see Vegas and Colorado making the playoffs easily. And that means probably someone has to fall off in the in the Pacific. Like it's also like crazy bunched up right now that there are let's see, 5, there are 11 teams with 28 points or more. And one, two, three, four, five, six of those teams have between 28 and 30. So I really have no idea what shape this is going to take. I just assume, like I said, that Vegas and Colorado have nice runs, especially once Vegas gets some of more of their guys back from injury, including Michael. Calgary looks really solid, like, like we thought they might under, you know, Suter, but they also are scoring. They have 84 goals this year. Wow yeah preventing like you would think and maybe their goaltending won't hold up like that all year but i think they're they are pretty much of a shoe in for the playoffs to me and then edmonton they'll make the playoffs in a not very impressive way uh but they'll have two guys that are basically the reason they make it anaheim i don't know what to think about that uh that's just weird they've scored way more than i thought they were gonna and do we think gets gets labs hurt now but yeah even if even if he comes back soon do you think him and Terry are going to keep up the pace they're at? Like that seems ridiculous.
0: It, it does. I mean, gets lab when he get when and I think he's still in the top five in assists in the league. But upon him getting injured, I think he was leading the league in assists. Yeah, um, Terry. So, I, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's. I don't know. I don't. I think Troy Terry at this point, it'll be easy for him to hit 30 goals, but I don't think that he's going to keep going at the pace that he's going at right now. I mean, he hasn't been that player. I think that he's been you know, leading up until this year, he, his underlings and just his, you know, production in general, hasn't been great, but I think that he was better than that. So I think that there's a a middle ground there between like a a step up, a a good step up from what he was prior to this year and a step down from what he's doing right now. And I think that that's where he's going to eventually settle into. I mean, you have Gibson playing, like you're giving Gibson support and they are scoring, um, you know, they're getting production from their younger guys too. I mean, even outside of just the, the goal last night. And I know zegris's underlings haven't been the best lately, if I'm not mistaken, last I checked, but like him and Milano have some real chemistry with each other and seem to be playing really well. I mean, my God, he's making Sonny Milano, like a legitimate, like middle six winger here um and i think i mean even if anything they've been getting he's been getting top line minutes too with like the deployment but uh i mean yeah we'll we'll see what happens i i don't know i don't admittedly i don't think Anaheim's going to be able to hang on I, I i don't see them being able to continue this um but I, I would not mind being pleasantly surprised by that if they switch back to the teal and eggplant jerseys then i will consider them the cup front runners but until that happens I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's never happening. Do you so, think that Anaheim is going to, like, hold on?
1: Well, 33 points in 27 games. That gives them a good chance to. Um, I think they're one of my candidates to fall out. I mean, San Jose is just so barely in it right now. Like, you could argue, a points percentage-wise, they're not even in it. I don't so even. The,
0: the thing with them, too, are you really going to trust James Reimer and Auden Hill? I'm not.
1: No. So, you have – Calgary, Edmonton, and Vegas that you're pretty sure will make the playoffs in the Pacific. And then in the Central, Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas, and probably St. Louis. Then you have like Nashville and Winnipeg to fight out. So i say like Nashville, Winnipeg, San Jose, Anaheim, and LA will fight for the non-top three spots. Yeah. So like the seven and eight seeds basically in
0: yeah, I can get down the West. That.
1: So basically the only teams I think are out right now in the West are Vancouver, Seattle, Arizona, and Chicago.
0: Uh, hey man. I also do have to say congratulations to the Canucks for hiring Bruce Boudreau because not that I think that Travis green necessarily got a fair shake, just given the front office and the the direction of the team, you know, acquiring Oliver Ekman Larson, even though it was along with uh, Connor Garland, but um I mean it, it, there's probably not a better coach suited for fixing what's going on in Vancouver than Bruce Boudreaux. Unfortunately,
1: uh they are 915 and two. So
0: oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying for the sake of like this year or anything like that, but I do think that in like the long term, I, I feel good about Vancouver and Boudreaux being able to turn them around. Yeah.
1: Are they gonna fire Jim Benning?
0: I don't know. Also, Demko hasn't been playing that great lately either, which I think is the other thing that contributes to this on top of their other multitude of roster issues.
1: Yeah, not good, not good. No, and then, yeah, like not. Se- Seattle has basically the same record, but one fewer game played. And Man, Chicago sure. sucks. Yeah, and Chicago is the same record as Seattle. Uh, and then Arizona is 518 uh, and two with a negative 49 goal differential.
0: So those are the ones that are out so there you go all right well let look around the league that seems like a good place to wrap up then anything else you'd like to add at all taylor before we sign off um yeah uh
1: my uh former sabers player of the episode is Braden mcnab
0: oh okay Braden mcnab that's a good one i'm really glad you brought that up because i do have a random sabers player of the episode as well and it's in honor of your brother and, and my good friend torren who is a, an avid listener of the show and just all around stellar human being. But he had said to me while we were tailgating on Monday that I should make this guy my random Sabres player of the episode. So with that being said, my random Sabres player for this episode is none other than Taro Tusumoto. Good stuff. Shout out to Love him. Torin. We need to have yeah. Torn on the pod soon, as we continuously say. So we should make that happen but yeah anyways good all right well everybody thank you for tuning into this episode of straight up sabers presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging buffalo make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites whatever streaming platform you're using and whatever social media platforms you use as well both of them are putting out great content every single day with the hockey podcast network covering the league and all 32 teams and of course the charging buffalo covering the sabers and the sabers prospects also make sure you're checking us out on social media as well you can find us on facebook and instagram at straight up sabers and on twitter at straight sabers and whatever you're listening to us on make sure you are also hitting that subscribe button and following this podcast Again, we will be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Hopefully that will be coming also in light of a Bills win over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But regardless of that, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.